a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. The scriptures that um, Sister Artis has for this Usher's anniversary will be coming from um, that 84th um, Division of Psalms, and it will be verse 10, and then it will be um, Proverbs, and Sister Paula will, um, in the, who's ever in the audiovisual ministry, will put that up for us, Proverbs 8 and 34. But of course, I am going to um, cover the um, Psalm 84 in its entirety, but we're going to read these two particular um, passages of scriptures. And she has on the screen for Psalms 8 and 10 first, as we stand and read the word of God. Psalm 84 and 10 says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Proverbs 8 and 34 says, Blessed is the person who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorpost. You may be seated. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, once again for this day, God. We thank you for this opportunity to come and share your word, O God. Father God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer, O God. Let me decrease, Father God, that you may increase in me even the more, that they see none of me and all of you, O God. Father God, I pray, Lord God, that someone does not know you, Lord God, will come forth and say, what must I do to be saved, O God? And Father God, as we hear your word, I pray that we will take it, apply it to our lives, and then we will go out and share it with someone who does not know you, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Amen and amen. If I could put a title to this text on this morning, it would be serving with joy. Serving with joy. This 84th Psalm is said to be the psalmist's own testimony. In this psalm, he describes what is meant to abide in God's house and to make the journey of those who travel to Jerusalem to worship at the tabernacle and later at the temple. This psalm is attributed to the sons of Korah, a Levitical family who were devoted worshipers. There were remnants left after their ancestor was destroyed for rebellion against Moses during the exodus to the promised land. How many know God leaves a remnant behind? Thank God from the remnant. Amen? Amen. How many know just because your parents or grandparents or your relatives, anyone in your family, they may have rebelled, but that doesn't mean you have to follow along. Amen? Amen. Amen. The rebellion of, of, the rebellion of Korah angered the Lord, and he caused the earth to open and consume Korah and those that rebelled with him. The children of Korah, however, survived the judgment of God. This remnant and their descendants proved faithful to God and are listed among the fellow Levites in the various positions at the tabernacle and temple. They served in the tabernacle as singers and musicians and were also the doorkeepers of God's house. To the Jews, the tabernacle was a place where God's presence dwelt in a very special way. This psalm emphasizes the strenuous journey believers would make for the pilgrimage of spending time in God's presence. 
The psalmist's passion for God's house was a reflection of his passion for God. Let me say that again. The psalmist's passion for God's house was a reflection of his passion for God. So in other words, when we have a passion for God, we have a passion for his house. The word says, Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. And so as we look at this 84th Psalm, we're going to start at verse 1. And it says, how lovely is your tabernacle, or how agreeable is your tabernacle, O Lord, of hosts. My soul, my soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. The psalmist could not contain his love for God, his longing to be in the presence of God in the tabernacle. He wasn't there yet, but his soul longed to be there. In his mind, he is already imagining when he would get there. So this says a lot about this individual. His spirit overflowed with an explanation of praise for the Lord's tabernacle or dwelling place. The place where God abode in a very special way. The psalmist describes his holy place as well loved or dearly loved. The King James says amiable. The soul of the psalmist ached to be in the Lord's courts. In the place where they could experience the presence of the Lord. How many have souls in here have ached to be in the presence of the Lord where the Lord himself is for he is the God the Lord of hosts the commander of heaven's armies the Lord his king and his God one thing I do see about this so far church is that worship doesn't start when we get to the house of the Lord how many know that word? How many know that worship doesn't start when you get to the house of the Lord? Yes. Just from reading this opening passage, I see that worship starts before you even get there. Yes. Worship starts at your home. Yes. Worship starts at your with your private time that you spend yes. with the Lord. Yes. And so the the overflow of the manifestation of your worship that you have before you get to the house of the Lord is what you see when you get there. Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen. So worship just doesn't start when we get here. We come here for corporate worship, but worship should start in your home. The courts or courtyard of the tabernacle, this was the area outside the holy place and the holy of holies. Under the old covenant, God's people were allowed to go only so far into the tabernacle itself. They could not go into the most holy place or the holy of holies where God's presence actually dwelt at the mercy seat. Note the psalmist uses words such as his soul and heart and flesh. It's personal. He's talking about his being and describe his entire being. And he's talking about his soul, his heart, and his flesh. It all yearned to be there in the presence of an almighty God. All that he is and all that is within him couldn't wait. While long, faint, and crying out speak of how desperately he needed to be in the presence of the living God. It wasn't 
the building or structure of the tabernacle he longed for, but he longed for being in the presence of the living God. The living God whose presence was manifested there. That's what he longed for. So it wasn't about the building of the tabernacle. It wasn't about that. It was about being in the very presence of God. And he was so excited and he just couldn't contain himself. So he cried out, not with sadness, but this was a shout of joy, church. Have you ever cried out to the Lord with a shout of joy because it just so much was just built up in you and just overflowed and you, you couldn't contain it. So you just you just cried out to the Lord with a shout of joy, just thanking him. I hadn't gotten there yet, but God, I'm gonna cry out because I can't contain. I can't wait to get there. So he cries out with a shout of joy. Because he couldn't wait to get there in the presence of God. As believers today, church, we can enter the presence of God at any time. With Christ, the veil of the tabernacle was rent in two. The ultimate sacrifice of Jesus permanently removed the barriers between God and humanity. Church, Christ has made a way for us to go beyond the veil today. And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad about that. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Christ. That we're able to go beyond the veil. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so the word goes on in verse 3. Even the sparrow has found a home. And the swallow a nest for herself. Where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts. My King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. The highways are in their hearts. In other words, remember they're on a pilgrimage, they're on a journey they're going to. But they're just so excited while they're on this journey. Have you ever experienced a time when you couldn't get dressed fast enough to church? You were so excited and seemed like your car wouldn't get there fast enough as you was making your way into the house of the Lord because you was just you were just so excited. The excitement of just being there. The night before you tossing your turn with excitement and anticipation of just just how the Lord was just going to meet you there. You were just excited. That's how this psalmist is. Just excited. You were like the psalmist. You couldn't wait to see the blessings of communion with God. To commune with the Lord. He was so excited. The psalmist envied the sparrows. And I love this. He envied the sparrows and the swallows. Because their nests, their very nests were near to the altar of God in the temple. So he envied them because their, their nest was just, just near the presence of the Lord. And he was just imagining just being close to the presence of the Lord. So he envied the, the sparrows and the swallows for just being there. 
The swallow found a home and the, and the sparrow found a home and a swallow a nest to lay her young. Because these two birds were so abundant in ancient Israel church, they were considered a worthless nuisance. They were all over. Small pest birds. Yet the, the psalmist stated they were welcome in the presence of God. That's why we can't turn our backs on people church. That's why we can't look at others like they're a nuisance. That's why we are not to count anyone out of the house of God. Because just like God did for us, he looked beyond our faults and he saw our need. We need to look beyond others, oh God, and see the Christ in them. It says they have found a home, a heaven, a shelter, a safe place where they could lay their eggs. Have you ever seen a bird looking for a place to build their nest? They're particular about where they choose to build their nest. They're very persistent. Looking for that perfect place away from danger. Looking for a safe haven for their young. We rejoice in the great blessing of having the children and the youth in the house of the Lord church. While they are taught the word of God, where they come and be a part of the worship experience to serve in the house of the Lord. It's a blessing to have young people in the Lord's house. Amen. For the church to go on, there has to be some young people. Yes. The older generation, we are not going to be here forever. We're going to have to pass it to the younger people. We're going to have to teach them and, and train them up in the way that they should go. He envied them because of their very presence where their nests were. Close to the presence of God. Because that's where this psalmist longed to be. His heart fainted. He had joy and excitement. That joy, unspeakable joy. It didn't matter how the journey was. That joy that the world didn't give and the world can't take away. That's the kind of joy we should have as children of God. Our joy is not determined on our situation, our circumstances that's going on in our life. Our joy is because of the almighty God that dwells within us. That watches over us. That keeps us. That's our joy, church. So I don't know about you, but I'm so glad God doesn't look at us like man does. Because if man had his way... Most of us probably wouldn't even be here today. If man had his way. Man would have counted a lot of us out long time ago. If man had his way. All we would have to do is make one mistake. If man had his way. But I'm so glad that man doesn't have the final say in our lives. So glad God orders my steps. So glad. 
But many of us have been despised and rejected. Many of us already have been counted out and counted as worthless. Saying we won't gonna be anything. But an almighty God, he knows what's in us. He knows what he has put in us from the very foundations of the world. I'm so glad God welcomes us in all into the presence of the Lord through the blood covenant of Jesus Christ. This is where we find refuge and strength, church, and we find our refreshing in Jesus. For blessed is the person whose strength is in you, O Lord. The highways of the public roads are in their heart. The hearts of the Jews were determined to travel to Jerusalem to worship and truly set on this and seeking God's presence. The longing they had for God was so strong that they were, were willing to travel many miles in difficult conditions. This is how great their passion and their will and their tenacity was to, to get in the presence of the Lord. They were willing to travel long distances to get into the house of the Lord. They didn't care what it took to get there. Their minds were just set on getting there. Their heart was set on getting there. They were excited. They were, they were not worried about the journey because they were excited about being in the presence of the Lord. Some of us allow a few raindrops to stop us from coming into the house of the Lord. When the cold wind starts to blow, some of us turn around and we go back in the house. We allow the weather conditions to stop us from praising and worshiping God. I'm not saying in dangerous conditions. The sun can be shining, but it might be raining. And we just don't want to get wet. We may have just gotten our hair done that Saturday. And we need it to last all week. Let little small things keep us from going into the house of the Lord. We might be running a little bit late. And we say, okay, I'm just not even going to go. We, we just turn around. We say, oh, they're going to just look at me funny because I'm coming in late. So we let little things like that, like the enemy trying to, try to discourage us. We let things like that deter us from coming into the house of the Lord. Instead of just saying, God, I can't wait to get there. I might be running a little bit late, but God, I'm going to press my way anyway, oh God. I'm not worried about what man say. I'm not worried about what man say. I'm going to press my way. Because how many know sometimes some things just happen on Sunday morning? Sometimes the devil just gets so busy. I'm not saying when we just take our time, we're just going to be late. No, I'm saying when you didn't prepare the night before, you didn't lay things out, you all ready, and then you just be ready to just go out the door, and then you just can't find your car keys. You start your car up, you're in, you start your car up, and it doesn't want to work. Things just happen on Sunday morning, but you need a present spirit up in you. You say, I don't care, I'm going to get there anyway. If I have to call a taxi, if I have to call Uber, I'm going to get to the house of the Lord and worship and praise my God anyway. We can't worry. 
say. Don't miss, don't miss your blessing worrying about what people say. That's just a trick of the enemy. Satan has many, 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 many tricks. And he throws them out all the time. To try to discourage you from getting your blessing. So we have to recognize the enemy just for who he is. Satan's always on the job. He has a three-part agenda to kill, steal, and to destroy. So you have to recognize. Yes, sometimes things just happen. When it, when it happens on when your work day, you go to work, don't you? You're trying to get to that job. Yeah, Make sure you get that job. <laughs> Even so, Mordek, you should, should want get to go to the house of the Lord to be in the presence of God. To receive your blessing. Help carry you through that week. So they travel many miles under difficult conditions, church. Difficult conditions. They found their strength for the journey and the joy they would experience when they reached Zion and basked in the Lord's presence. That's the joy of the Lord, church. The joy of the Lord won't allow you to be deterred by the tricks of the enemy, by those stumbling blocks that might come your way. And then I'll even go as far to say it's not always the devil. The Lord might just want to see if you you really gonna go to church. How faithful are you? Are you just faithful on the serve on the Sundays you serve? Are you just faithful when you just have a solo and that's your Sunday to sing? How faithful are you? How faithful are you? Church, we are privileged to dwell in God's house and to abide in his very presence. Where we find the blessings of the Lord. There is joy and peace and assurance that arises above our circumstances. There is a praise that is not that is not based on our circumstances, but that springs forth because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That says, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. There's a praise that rises up on the inside of us because the joy of the Lord is our strength. There is a praise on the inside and it's on the inside of this psalmist and he just couldn't keep it to himself. He hadn't even gotten to the house of the Lord and his praise is already overflowing. 
And it says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, or the valley of weeping, they make it a spring that the rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength, each one appearing before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield and look beyond the face of your anointed. As they traveled church mile after mile to Jerusalem under difficult circumstances, they passed through the valley of Baca, or the valley of weeping is called. Baca in the Hebrew word before means um, balsam tree or mulberry tree. That's what that word Baca means. It's been said that the sap of the tree oozes like tears. Mentioned in the Bible only in this passage, Scholars are not sure that this is an actual geographical location. Rather, it may have been used here um, as a symbol of the painful experiences on this journey of life. How many know there are some painful experiences on this journey? It represents the trials and the, the tribulations and the troubles of life. The painful experiences that causes us to weep at times on this journey, church. Baca is a place of difficulty. For some, a place of depression. It's a dusty place. A, it's a dry place. A place that zaps our very energy. A place where everything seems hopeless and you feel helpless. Like the pit of despair. Yet it is those who love the Lord who, ex who expect or who passes through this valley and not remain there. Notice they're passing through. They're not staying. They didn't, they didn't come past. They're not coming to stay. To, to put up tents. They're not coming to build a house, but they're just coming. They're just passing through. The valley. And they're not trying to stay there. We're not trying to stay in this place of weeping and tears. We're just passing through. How many know that trouble doesn't last always? There's comfort, there's a refreshed and a renewed spirit. Even when you pass through this valley of weeping because of the joy of the Lord. Because the word tells us that weeping may endure for a night. But the joy of the Lord comes in the morning. How many know there is morning time after your weeping? It only endures for a night, for a short time. But that joy will come in the morning. How many of you know, church, that it was in your time of weeping that you found out that God is sure enough a keeper? If you can say that it was in your time of weeping that you found out that God is a way maker. That God is a burden bearer and he's a heavy load sharer. When you didn't know how things would turn out, you didn't know how you were going to pay your bills. How many know that he became a way maker for you? How many can say that, that in this time of weeping, you found out that he was a provider for you and your household? As you pass through the valley, you found that he's a healer in your time that you needed to be healed. 
you passed through that valley of Baca. He found out that he was a mind regulator. When the enemy tried to make you think you were going crazy, you found out that he was a, a mind regulator and a heart fixer as you were passing through this valley of Baca. It's the mindset of life's tragedies and difficult struggles that we are strengthen and discover who God is in our lives. When we go through those trials and tribulations on our journey, we find out who God truly is. Not who someone else may say he is, but who he is to me. Because it's a personal walk. It's a personal walk, church. So there is comfort when we go through our valley experiences. Though at times it may not seem like it, but there is comfort in the very presence of the Lord Jesus. When we have that joy, we find that comfort in him. In order to get what God has for us, we must go through some things on this journey, church. That's how we grow. When going through the valley of tears or weeping or baka, we discover things in us that we couldn't, that we didn't realize were there, such as our sustaining power in Jesus Christ. We find out just how strong we are in Him. That He's a sustainer. And He sustains His people as we go through the difficult seasons in our lives. Though tears may fall, though times we are hurt, God is more than a keeper. And he's able to keep us through our difficult situations in life. The psalmist say they go from strength to strength, growing stronger through life's pilgrimage until they appear before God in Zion. In every difficult place, they found the strength they needed to persevere and to continue on their journey. They dug a well and the rain filled it. My brothers and my sisters and our body in the Lord's presence, we are able to go from strength to strength, growing stronger and stronger on our journey of life. A journey filled with many dangers, filled with many temptations, filled with many disappointments, at times can be exhausting. Nevertheless, church, we are blessed along the way. Because the presence of the Lord is with us. How many know that God's presence is always with you? His word reminds us that he will never leave us nor will he forsake us. He is with us even to the very end of age. As a result, the journey is a happy one. One filled with joy and peace. Because in the presence of the Lord church is fullness of joy. In his right hand there are pleasures evermore. So we find the blessings of God. His blessings and his word is true church. God has and he wants to continue to bless us as his people. But all we have to do and what we need to do is trust and depend on him. Because his blessings are many. We are rich people because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the word goes on to say, for a, in verse 10, it says, For a day in your course is better than a thousand. 
It says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I have chosen to stand at the threshold in the house of my God rather than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I'd rather stand at the door of the house of God than to dwell in tents with the wicked folks. In other words, I don't care what the other person's position is. I don't care how high up on the chain they are. But if they're wicked, I don't want to have no part with them. Not, not only singers and musicians, the sons of Korah were also the doorkeepers. A doorkeeper is a person guarding access to an important or restricted place. As we come and celebrate our ushers on this morning, they consider themselves greatly blessed to have the privilege of serving in God's presence. Even though they served in what was seen as somewhat a low position, the usher or the doorkeeper is a personal representative of Jesus Christ who meets people on a person-to-person basis when they first arrive at the church. Who do you see when you first come to the door? You see the usher. To the psalmist, one day in God's presence, one day invested in communion with God was better than a thousand days reigning with the wicked. Having the privilege of serving in God's house was better than all the wealth and recognition the world could offer. So in other words, I don't care what the world offers. If it does not line up with the word of God, it's not leading to Christ, I'm not going to follow. I'm not going to follow. We have to be very careful of the schemes. Because some things might look good, but they're not good for you. Not just anyone can serve as a doorkeeper church. Do you know just not anyone can stand at the door and be an usher? Doorkeepers or ushers, they are called by God. Their ministry is seen throughout the church. In all parts of the church, from the time you get out of your car and come to the door, you see the ushers. They're seen from the beginning of the worship center until we leave the door, leave out of the sanctuary. Not all can be an usher. Today we honor the ushers of the doorkeepers here at Little Zion who stand at the doors of this physical building. They are the first person we see when we arrive for service, greeting and ushering us into the presence of the Lord with a smile. Did the ushers greet you on this morning with a smile, church? That's why, that's why they're called by God. Because you need to be greeted with a smile. We don't want to be greeted by come on in and sit down. But we want to be greeted with a smile. And so that's why just any and everyone can't be called to be an usher. You have to have that love for the people of God. You need to know how to talk to folks sometimes. Amen. 
So week after week, they stand as ambassadors of, of God's kindness, creating a welcoming environment for all who have come to worship the Lord. Whether we know it or not, the, the, the ushers, they, they have set the atmosphere for the worship service. Because if your usher is nasty to you at the door, you either going to turn around and you're going to go to another church, or you're going to sit there with the attitude throughout the whole service. And then the worship leader, the pastor, will have to, the choir, they're going to have to almost pass out and sing and sing and sing and try to get you in the right spirit, the right mode to worship the uh, to worship God. Because you didn't got an attitude because you were mean, the usher was mean at the door. Believe me, the ushers play a very important part of the worship experience. So we just can't have folks just say, oh, I'll stand there, I'll do it. And your attitude is not right. We up in here praying, just praying, praying in the spirit, just praying, praying them spirits out of here. Cause you sitting there and all mad. That means you didn't come in with the joy of the Lord, right? Cause that joy, the world can't take it away from you. The world didn't give it to you. Hallelujah. So the ushers play a very important part. They come in and they seat you. And they greet you with a smile. So we all can't be doorkeepers. Though they may have faced difficult Circumstances throughout the week, they press their way to stand at the door of the Lord's house. We don't know what our ushers go through week after week, but on Sunday they come and stand with a smile. And though some may have gone through difficult circumstances, they serve with a smile and they strive to fulfill their assignment in a Christ-like manner. They pay special attention to guests when they arrive and assist with special accommodations whenever they're needed throughout the service. The usher knows when and where not to sit you as you arrive. In other words, if you're coming in and they're praying at the door and the usher says, just one, one moment, we're gonna sit you in just a moment. Don't you walk past the usher and come sit down. They know when to allow you to come in and when it's not time to come in. Because right. when it's praying going on, folks shouldn't be walking all around the church anyway. Some order. They have to keep the order. They have to have some order in God's house. Don't tell me when I can come in and sit down. I pay my time. When there shouldn't be any walking in the house of the Lord. Amen. I remember coming up. There are certain times when you, you would go ahead and you get ready to stand up and go to that restroom when somebody's praying. Come on now. 
might want to hold it just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. We were taught reverence and obedience. And when the right time to do things and when it wasn't time. And so the ushers, they know this. They know this. When it's called a worship time, they know people shouldn't be coming in when we then started called worship. They know this. So they, they pay special attention to these things. They, they pay special attention to the guest when they come in and they try to accommodate them in the best possible way. The usher knows when and when not to seat you as you arrive. They are knowledgeable as to the flow of the worship service. The usher or the doorkeeper, they know the details of the worship service so that it is conducted in an orderly manner. Amen? The usher or the doorkeeper has the ability to concentrate on the people they are serving and on the church service at the same time. They lead us through offerings in an orderly manner. One of the functions of the ushers in the Old Testament was to receive the collections from the people. It's the word says they, they, they go up to Hekiah the high priest that he may count the money which has been brought into the house of the Lord which the doorkeepers have gathered from the people. They know signs and signals like when you raise your hand, they come with that offering envelope. They're knowledgeable. They are the doorkeepers the, the, at, at the funerals and, and at, at, at anniversaries and weddings. For this is their assignment. My brothers and my sisters, don't think this word is just for the doorkeepers. But if you serve in any ministry, this should be your desire as well. If you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior of your life, this should be your desire as well. To be in the very presence of the Lord. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the word tells us. But more importantly to be in the presence of the Lord of the almighty God. To commune with him. To, to worship. And to praise an almighty God. They have an assignment. We all have an assignment. But today we come. And we give honor to our doorkeepers, our ushers. Because when the weather is bad, the ushers are still here. They still come. I don't care if it's one or two people. The ushers still show up. When pastor goes out, the ushers are there. They support whenever they're needed. And wherever they're needed. They show up full force. Because they want to make sure, just in case, Pastor, they want to make sure, just in case you need some ushers. They're prepared. They'll go that extra mile. So we're grateful for these ushers on this morning. For the Lord God, He is a shield. He is a, our strength. The Lord, he will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly, says the word. 
It continues on in that 12th verse. Oh, Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. And his very presence is the light of our lives. And it guides us along the path of righteousness. His shield, he shields and he protects us from dangers seen and dangers unseen. He's the light to guide the way and shield toward dangers along our Christian journey. He wards off the dangers that we don't even know that's there. Lord, who may reside in your tent? Who may settle on your holy hill? One who walks with integrity, practices righteousness, and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue. One thing, church, have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, and it should be all of our desires, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. Why? Because in the time of trouble, the word said that he shall hide me in the secret place of his tabernacle. Shall he hide us? My brothers and my sisters, remember when you pass through the valley of tears on this Christian journey, God himself, he comforts us, he refreshes us, he renews our spirits. So keep pressing your way. Keep on pressing your way to the house of the Lord. No matter what it takes, press your way through trials and tribulations. Trials may come on every hand, but just remember to Continue to trust in the name and the word of Lord of the Lord. Trials may come on every hand to slow you down, to deter you. But remember to continue to press your way in the name of the Lord. Trials may come to, to steer you in the wrong direction. But remember to press your way and trust in the word of the Lord. There's only one entrance into the tabernacle church. Just as there is only one way by which we can come to God. Through Jesus Christ himself. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. So we thank God for these ushers on today. As they usher us into the house of the Lord. Into the presence of our God. As they press their way Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. To make sure that the worship service runs decently and in order. We thank God for our ushers on this morning. moment of power. It's a moment of power with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.